Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God Really quickly, I'm going to read you 19 verses, and then I'm going to have Sarah come up. So open your Bibles to John 17. I'm re reading from you, reading to you from the nearly inspired, inspired version. Is that what this one is? Oh, it's actually the not inspired version. Just kidding. They're going to pull it up for you, and I'm going to read it to you. John chapter 17. Jesus spoke these things, looked up to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you. For you gave him authority over all flesh, so he may give eternal life to all you gave to him. This is eternal life. That the <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Two words happening at the same time. This is eternal life, that they may know you. This is baffling. Really quickly, praise break right here. This is eternal life, that they may know you. This is a different description than we would call what eternal life is, just for you to know that. Typically, we would not say this. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. Another praise break. This is not dependent on if you're dead in heaven. Does that make sense? Eternal life happens at falling in love with Jesus. That's where eternal life begins, not after death. So forgive centuries of Christianity that have been all about evangelism saving you based on whether or not you're going to heaven or hell, okay? This is a different description from Jesus saying eternal life starts at presentation of him to you and you receiving him and seeing God and Jesus for the first time as they truly are. That is salvation. That happens as we live. He intended that we live differently, not that we die differently. Does that make sense? That we live differently. Beautiful. 
I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with that glory I had with you before the world existed. I have revealed your name to the men you gave me from the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Praise break. Sorry, guys. At, up to this point, you couldn't even say the name of God. Okay? So it's become more personalized. This is saying the word that you couldn't even speak before this is now available to you, not only in word, but in character. You can know. You can know. You can know this God. Not only do you have to worry about saying his name, you can know this God. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know all things you have given to me are from you. Because the words you gave to me I have given to them. They have received them and have known for certain that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for this world. Praise break. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This is a baffling statement. I am not praying for this world. This is what this means. The systems and structures that man has created is what this is pointing to. It's actually, there's a, there's a Greek reference to it. I'm not going to get into that because this is vision day and I'm not going to do that. But the systems and structures that this world, men of this world, women of this world have created, he's not praying for those structures. You need to listen to that. You need to listen deeply to that. He's not, he's not excited on whether or not they work out, right? That's not what his, that's Jesus talking to a world that needed good governmental structures. I'm not even praying for those. That will mess somebody up right there, okay? Okay, I got to find my spot. I got to quit doing this praise break so I'm losing all my spots. But for those you have given me, so his prayer is for the people that will now take the message. His prayer here isn't that the structures change, it's for the people that will be sent into. That's good preaching, right? That's straight up, I could stay there for the rest of the year, and if we just did that one thing, this whole city would change, right? Such good stuff. They have believed that you sent me. I pray for them, I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they are yours. All my things are yours, and, and your things are mine, and I have been glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by your name that you have given me, so that they may be at one as we are one. While I was with them, I was protecting them by your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them is lost except for the son of destruction, so that the scripture may be filled. That's terrible title to be called. If you're going to be remembered in the Bible, son of destruction. It's amazing. That's, your, your life is not that bad, okay? As bad as you have it right now, like as terrible as life is right now, you're not the son of destruction in John chapter 17. Does that make sense? There's still hope, okay? There's still hope for you, as terrible as you think that you might be. Lost my place again. Now that I'm coming to you and I speak these things in the world so that they may they may have my joy completed in them. I have given them your word. The world has hated them. Remember, the structures and system has hated them because they are not of this world, as I am not of this world. I am not praying that you take them out of the world. I'm not going to praise right there. But that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Jesus is truth. Logos is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them so they also may be sanctified by truth. Now keep that in your mind for a second, okay? 
We're going to walk you through three things today. Where RCC has been, it'll make sense by the end. Where we are now and where we're going. Sarah's going to come up really quickly, and she's going to share with you some things, and then I'm going to jump back into this. So I get to reminisce a little bit. I love reminiscing. I was talking the other day about sometimes, this made me feel weird. I don't know if anyone else does this. But when I have, like, empty space, I'm, like, laying in bed or waiting for my kids to fall asleep, I reminisce. Does anyone else reminisce in their mind? I was like, maybe I'm really weird that I do this. But I, like, like go over the details of things. I don't know what that means about me, but I do it. So it's appropriate that um, we should reminisce for a minute. So raise your hand if you were here back in the day when you walked into church at night at Stonebridge and there were tables set up. That's awesome. So for those of you that are newer, are you really glad right now that you were not around in the early days and we freaked everyone out? Um, raise your hand if you were part of that group and you were really thankful that we did that. See, isn't that awesome? So maybe we will bring them back one day. But we have always been about um, embracing the awkward of community. Um, we really believe that churches make it really easy for you to slide in and slide out. And we were going to do the opposite. We were going to like be up in each other's faces and just get over the awkward really quick so we could live in love. And so it's really neat to see that culture here. Um, and how I want to say thank you to those of you guys that were part of the plant team that worked really hard for that because you were really brave and you did it. You walked in and saw tables and you went, oh no, but you sat down and did it anyway. And it has had a huge payoff in the vision of our church. So thank you for that. Um, so we've been down this meandering path and it's crazy that we're here. It's for those of you that were part of the plant team. It's amazing. Um, but we've been really intentional about living in love and being together, and it's not easy. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. There's some people that just get under your skin. There's some people they just talk, 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 and you want to run. There's some people you talk and they don't talk at all, and you're like, I just want to have a conversation. And so living in love can be really awkward, but this is a community that pushes through that. that you can't really say that about everyone, like every church. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Um, so you see these four vision statements, okay, living in love, disciples making disciples, community transformation, word worship, and prayer. These have, these have been like our battle cry since the beginning. These have been the things that our church has been about, that we've continued to say over and over and over again and continued to unpack. Um, so they were here from the beginning, and we're going to continue to pursue them. Um, they're really, that, that's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we're becoming. Um, what's interesting though, and I wish you guys could have seen our first staff meeting. This was us at the coffee shop sitting across from each other. And literally in my calendar, it said staff meeting. That's what's awesome. <laughs> it was great. But like we sat there and we were like, how do we put down on paper? Like what God's been birthing in us for the past five years. Like, how do you put that down on paper? And so we find language to put it down on paper and then we plant the church and like things are developing and we're not reading anything to see how you plan a successful church. That's just not something we want to do. What's neat is to see how things are, have been evolving. And so really the first season was all about living in love. It was all about breaking bread together, doing life together, becoming a family. And it seems that like things are happening in layers that like each season God wants us to focus on 
one particular part of the vision, and then they all tie in, too. It's weird. It's very organic. But we've been doing living in love, and then this last season has been all about the disciplines. I can't see everyone, so I'm going to go up here. Um, and so that's word, worship, and prayer, right? It's all the disciplines. So now we're, like, in this movement, and when we move into another part of the vision, it's not like, oh, the other one's not important. We're just layering on. So now we have, like, a whole other layer going on. So we really feel like this next part or this next season is about taking those two important parts of our vision and bringing them into the other parts of our vision where we feel like we still have some room to grow. Um, and so I think, did you have my sheet? Okay. I just want to make sure I do everything that's on my sheet. Okay. So the last thing, which is neat that you touched on this in the chapter, but I had like this moment this, this morning or yesterday where I was thinking about how um, I can get on a soapbox sometimes about issues that make me really frustrated or angry and how I want to be like anti those issues, you know. Um, and so if things irritate me, and this was how we first planted the church, we were very much about like what we didn't like, you know. Um, and then I thought, you know, Jesus never really did that. Like the world culture was a non-issue to him. He wasn't out there like picketing against you know, the Romans, or, you know, showing he was anti those things, but he was anchored by his vision. Like, so you don't, if you're anchored by your vision, you don't need to pick at what you're against. You don't need to champion what you're against. And so I had this, like, aha moment. I'm like, oh, to be like Jesus doesn't mean how I have to say I'm fed up with the way the American system is or blah, 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 blah. I'm anchored in my vision for the kingdom. And so that's what we're about. As we move into this next season, we are anchored by these four things. We're pursuing those. I don't have to be anti how things are done. I just have to be for the vision of the kingdom. Does that make sense? It was like super big in my head. <laughs> I was like, oh, that could have just changed my life because that's how God works, right? Like the light bulb comes on. So anyway, that's where we're going. We're going to be anchored in our vision. Clap for her, maybe? So, so moving forward, the things I hear God speaking to me personally, two things specifically this week. Um, one is we're a community that people can come out of hiding. Um, I've personally experienced that with you guys as a pastor. I didn't think it was possible to be a pastor and be transparent. I like to tell you when I struggle. I like you to know that I'm just like you. God's just asked me to do this, and I've said yes. And so I'm pumped about that. So I've hear, I hear God saying that, and we, we were on a, um, a re retreat-ish thing. We'll call it a retreat. Vacation sounds too fun. <laughs> um, so we were on a retreat, and, and this movie, Rocky and Bullwinkle, came on. I've never seen it before. It's from 2001. Have you guys seen this movie, Rocky and Bullwinkle? I didn't know it existed. It was with, uh, like, a lot of famous people are in it. Tons of famous people are in it, a lot of cameos, like cameo ground zero. Um, and one part of the movie, it... I, I can't stop thinking about it. There was this girl in the movie and this guy, and the thought was that they had built these walls to be in this system, and they were hard workers, and they were part of this secret military, like kid version of a military, and they met each other, and they're riding in a car, and there's a picture of the girl looking at the guy, and you see all of a sudden this 20-year-old girl, you see this six-year-old girl inside of her. Like they do like this neat little bubble window, and the six-year-old girl feels like she can come out to talk. Okay, that, that's pretty freaky, I understand. But you get what I'm saying. And then the boy 
looks again at the girl and you see the six-year-old, the one that's been suppressed. And both of them found a person in this movie that their six-year-old versions could come out and just be like, we're here, we're goofy, we're stupid, we're adults, but we're probably really still like six-year-old kids. I can be that with you. And it was in the movie, like, it really stuck. It's Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> God speaks to me through the dumbest things sometimes. I will never forget that. They were allowed to come out. I wanted to ask a friend of mine to come up. Stevie Denizio. Is that how you say your last name? Yes, I rocked that. Stevie shared, I think, I'll probably say this a lot. This is my favorite moment I've heard so far from our church. She shared this with me a couple weeks ago over coffee. Okay, so Josh wanted me to share this. Um, it was just kind of about my journey and how I came to RCC, um, which was about a year ago. Um, but I was invited by Josh Neal. I knew him through Riverstone. And so I'd come, and I thought, like, yeah, this is cool. I kind of like this church. It's smaller. I like that feel. Um, and so I came here. I was back when we were at Square Church, and it was maybe my second time second or third time coming, and um, I was really anxious because I was, like, coming by myself, and I was like, I don't know, like, do I want to come here? Like, how many people do I actually know? This is kind of weird. So I showed up, and um, I remember outside, Ryan Renault was out there, and I was like, I know him. I've met him. Okay, maybe I can do this. <laughs> and so I walked in, and um, there's those steps, and I, like, looked up, and I saw people. I think Amelia was there, and I was like, I've met her. Like, I can do this, and so I took like two steps up the stairs, and I fell, <laughs> which I don't like fall, like I run into things, like walls, <laughs> but I don't like fall very often, and um, I fell, and I stood up, and I, I'm like trying to play it off, and, <laughs> and um, in my head, I was like, God, what in the world? <laughs> I've been so nervous. Why did you let that happen? That's horrible. And um, my first thought was, you can mess up in front of these people. Um, and so I just said, okay. And uh, it's been like that ever since. Like, I feel like I've messed up and I've said dumb things and things that I'm really not proud of and kind of ashamed of. But um, in those moments of, like, deepest vulnerability, I've been so well-loved and received and accepted, and like, I don't deserve it. And I've seen that with a lot of other people too. So um, yeah, I think this has been a community that's done that really well. So awesome. That's... So when I heard that, I thought, what a great picture of what I would love community to be, a place where you can fall and you don't have to worry, um, and that you're still loved. And so back to this passage. Um, these first 19 verses of this passage, it's his longest part of, this is Jesus' longest prayer. You didn't know that. This is his longest prayer. He sits in front of his dudes, the disciples at that point, and prays this prayer. The biggest part of this prayer is for those guys. I see us in this part of this passage. I see us gathered together. I see us hearing from the Lord, falling in love with one another, falling in love with knowing it's not necessarily about us, but it's about those who don't know him yet. I see that. I see it in some of your questions. When are we going to do something? I see it in some of your, how much money is, is given towards the budget for missions. I see it in the hearts that God's brought here. But I've seen him gather us together and let us get sloppy and love one another and lean upon one another as they did when they took communion together and fail and have people do dumb things. And so 
Jesus prays four things specifically for them, and I think he prays them for us today still. If he's still interceding on our behalf, I think he's still praying these things. He prays that they not be taken out of the world. He does not desire that you live in a Christian fortress. He is not trying to prepare that for you. He is not trying to give you all people that are all exactly like you where you can just have a great time. I love that about this church. But we could be tempted to get drunk on what he's given us. We will not. I love that we can have anybody come in here and we'll work with them, whatever. We'll love them. But it's not the end for us to create a community. And it's also, you don't have to listen to the gospel that says you don't need to be around non-Christians. This one of the primary components of my gospel, be around non-Christians. Like that, to me, is one of the main reasons I'm alive, to be around people who don't know Jesus. If not, what in the world are we doing? I feel like I'm with same blood kind of people in here. I feel like most of you are like, yeah, let's go. It's not about making them like Christian music and casting crowns. Because honestly, like, who really like? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> it's not about that, right? It's not about when someone says a curse word to be like, I'm a Christian. <laughs> Who cares? Like, it's about being like, I see you. I see you. I see that you're struggling. We all are. Like, the ones of us that are not are struggling in a much deeper way. But I see your struggle. God is sending them out into the world. That's the whole purpose of this gathered time for three years with them. And he prays, secondly, for unity. You probably are annoyed at how much I talk about unity. I don't care. That's how the gospel is shown. Loving people who are not like you says Jesus is real. Not loving people who are not like you says Jesus is not real. You're saying the same thing that's always been said. Gather your people, build a wall, live inside of it, and don't worry about other people third thing he prays is protection as they're in the world not that the world doesn't come in as they're in the world protect them the fourth thing is he prays that they would be a consecrated people that they would realize that they are called out that they are anointed and that they have a specific task to do i see us in this passage we are a consecrated people we are fighting for unity and we will always the moment you stop fighting for unity that's not good because unity has to happen through diversity. And it's not, we're not talking about, um, uh, sorry, what is it like when all people are the same? Uniformity. It's not uniformity. Don't hear me say that with unity. It's not uniformity. It's not everybody does this, like we worship together when we raise our right arm and we love Jesus together and we go home and sleep. It's not, that's not Jesus. Uniformity is, Uniformity is that unity is you can have peripheral focuses. Jesus is central. You can love to see someone healed, and that's biblical. You can also love to fight for the slave labor. You can also fight for a deeper part of the word, and all these things come together. You can question those things too, Jesus in the center, and still be a part of the conversation. I see, see, I see River City here. So the last part of this prayer, if you can open up your Bibles one last time. John 17, verses 20 through 26. But I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their message. May they all be one, as you, Father, 
are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us, so that the world may believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you have given me. May they be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they be made completely. It's almost like, all right, all right, Jesus, we get it. You want us to be one. Calm down and stop saying it. This is the Bible. You need to say some other stuff. You only have so much space. He says the same thing 11 times here, that they may be one as we are one. Father, I desire those you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my glory, which you have given me, because you loved me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has not known you, however I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known so that the love that you have loved me with may be in them, and I may be in them. Beautiful passage. I guess that's one of my life passages for sure. So here's the challenge for our future, RCC. Those not yet here, that's who he prayed for. That's who we pray for. Who has God given you? Jesus prays in the first five verses, I've completed the work you've given me with those you have given me. Who has God given you in your life? And what work? I'm under the theology that each person in each church has a work from the Lord. I just believe that. And not a work out of works, but a work out of joy. I, I believe that if you were to sit long enough and listen, he would speak clearly to you about what your life is to be about. And it would look more like him here dying for other people than him gathering people to serve him. He didn't do that. He didn't gather people to serve him. He died for people. I'm of the opinion that every church has a specific work. That's why you can't read all the church planning books and do it. I'm of the opinion that every person has a specific work. And I'm also of the opinion that you have to listen as a church and as a person to hear what he's saying for you to do. Because it can look different from person to person, right? Right. So we're going to be listening as a group so that we would be one, so that we would go after him. And just another praise break. That's why our model is not invitation. That's why for Easter, we didn't expect big crowds because we didn't spend money on signs to gather people here. Because we knew that it would have to be people that didn't know Jesus. And for that to happen, we would have to leave from here and be in the city. And that's how we see this church grow. We don't try and gather other churched people. That's great. If you, if you came here and you fall in love with it, thank you, Jesus, for bringing people. We need it. But this next season is about us being in this community. Does that make sense? I think you guys already love that. I think some of you love it and don't know how to do it and you're a little confused. But I think some of you are ready to live life on mission, not just mission trips, where everywhere you are, the love of God can come through you. So yes, I'm thankful that for two years we've created a body where you can come in and you can be loved. You have to have a healthy body if you're going to live on mission. Because you can't just live on mission and get people saved and then they're like, what do I, what do, I do? You have to have a healthy body. Because the vehicle that God will show the world who Jesus is is the body of Christ. And out of that will come passionate people that will do amazing things, but they will need the body for discipleship. So, Lastly, for you to know, for us today, where are we going? The specifics. Each body has a specific work. Here's what we're going to be doing, okay? Drum roll. We're, we're leaving on a jet plane. All of us. We're getting on a plane. Here's, here's what it is. Discipleship and community transformation. We know that if we're going to impact this community, this has to happen. That's why you've been hearing messages about discipleship. That's why you're hearing about groups that will be started. Here specifically are some of the things that are going to be starting. 
in the fall, is that the second? Fall is spring, fall. We're talking about a group called Alpha for people who do not know what it is to be a Christian at all to come in and grow together. Does that make sense? We're talking about Bible studies for girls and guys. We're talking about discipleship groups specific to guys, specific to girls, and a lot of other things. We're talking about community transformation. So discipleship and community transformation. How are we going to do that? We're going to continue with Campbell High School. Campbell guys, you get a shout out back there? So, yep, he's now there. God did some amazing things. We listened to the Lord last year. We didn't rush it. That was where he led us. We have, I mean, God's done so much through that. It's hilarious. The principal of Campbell is now a part of our church. My college roommate's there. I didn't even know it. As, a, as the athletic director, we are all, at all their games. They still come on Thursday nights here, and it's like growing. It doesn't even make sense to me. The season's not in. We're going back in, and we're re-upping, and we're doing Campbell again. We're going to do it. We're going to continue to love them well. We're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to provide life skills. We're going to continue to provide everything that's needed. That's the main thing because we're re-upping. The second thing, and well, the trips. We're having two mission trips. So if you want to go on a mission trip, talk to, talk to Bill or talk to Jordan, um, India or Scotland. The third thing is the thing I'm most excited about. I'm just going to spend a couple minutes. Care team's coming up right after this. Okay. And you guys are not allowed to leave up before picture. Okay. I, please. If, you, if I see you get in your car, I will flatten your tires tonight. I will show up at your house. <laughs> I know where all of you live. I will flatten your tires. Pray for Jesus to heal your tires. <laughs> so, I wanted to disciple a group of guys. That's how it started four months ago. And then it somehow snowballed into conversations where we're praying about locking in two apartments in two of the communities a mile from here, housing five girls in one, five guys in one, and creating a community discipleship model, almost like a mission experience where those people live to impact their community. We have not landed on anything, but everybody I talk to about this has either said, I'm one of the people living in there, or I want to support this. So we're praying seriously about planting two homes and communities to be Emmanuel Jesus in neighborhoods where our community can then partner with those communities and be there actually as a living presence. Does that make sense? Pray with us. Pray with us. If you're someone who's like, I want to be a part of that, let us know. Let me know. I want to be a part of that. We already have two people that are girls, two people that are guys that want to be a part of this. You have to be out of high school. You already had your hand almost raised. We're also praying about foster care and being, being a faith bridge, caring community, which we're not there yet, but we, we're about to make some decisions. And the way that we're going to lock in the specifics is we have this thing called the care team now. And Jordan's going to come up really quickly and share with you about the care team and introduce you to them. Awesome. So uh, one of the kind of behind the scenes for when we, like, when we were engaging with Campbell um, there was a lot of stuff that was happening kind of behind the scenes that you guys may have not known about. And there was a team of us, um, and we called ourselves the Community Transformation Team because it sounds really cool. <laughs> and, uh, and so we would meet and pray and talk about, we put all these things on a whiteboard and said, you know, what are the things we feel like God may be saying to us for the next season and for us to engage in our community. And then we would kind of discern and pray through those things. And we felt like God was already opening doors with Campbell. And so we started engaging with those guys. And now they're here. And we have things that we can, you know, disciple them. And there's opportunities for them. And so, but for us, we feel like we want to keep doing that. But there's still more on the horizon. And so um, I've kind of compiled a team 
of people that are going to kind of meet that need. And we're going to start praying through and discerning what God's saying about what like we're, what we're going to engage next into our community. So we'll pray through some of the things that Josh is talking about with the apartment living, with Faith Bridge, and, and those type of things, and you know what we're going to do with Campbell next in the next season. Um, so this team is going to do that. Um, we're also going to be doing, um, trying to meet some of the hands-on needs with people in our community. We've We've encountered, over, like, these are things you guys don't even see, but there are certain people that have connected to our church through relationships, um, just through happenstance, that really have physical needs, and we need to have a team of people who are kind of praying through how we're going to meet those needs. Um, so this team will, we're going to bring up names at these meetings and say, you know, how, how can we help this person? And we're going to pray and try to figure out how we're going to do that together. Uh, so, so those are kind of two of the things. And so these people are going to be working hands-on with uh, some of those people that have the needs. And then they're also going to be praying and discerning about what we're going to be doing um, in the future. So I'm going to invite those people up because I, I want you guys to see them. So if you guys would come on up, secret, secret team. Secret agent people. You guys give them a hand as they nice. come up. They're it's awesome. Um, man, it, these are pretty great people, right? Um, you guys want to come over here? I, I want to see if you guys would just, we could just pray for the team. Um, if you guys want to, anybody wants to come and, and just lay hands on them, we're going to pray for them real quick. Um, just gather. So we just want to pray that God would, I just really, I feel like just a spirit of discernment for this team, that they would know what God is saying. There would just be, there would be a, a real knowledge and evidence of things that are unseen. And so, God, we, we just lift them up right now. I ask that you would bring a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. God, that you would open our hearts to know you better. God, we, we thank you that you're already opening doors. You're already moving in ways, God, that we, we would never do without you. And so, God, we just want to look to those things and say, what are you saying right now? Who are the people that are in need? Who do you want us to go to? What doors need to be opened? And then we just ask, God, that you would do those things. And so I just pray for, for this team, God, that they would walk, God, in just an abundance of joy, love, hope for the future, and just a, a, a knowledge, God, that they are loved by you and they don't have to do anything. They don't have to work. But, God, they can be in your presence and know that you are their God and that we are sons and daughters. And so, God, we lift your name on high and ask, God, that you would lead us as we lead others. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. If you saw this group and you were like, man, that really, I'd really love to be a part of something like that, too, just reach out to us and we can talk about it. We don't have too many people, but if you have a voice that we need to hear, we want to know that. All right, we're going to pray. Grab somebody's hand near you. Because people love that, right? So, I'm going to ask you to pray these three things as we walk to take our picture that you'll all be in. How can, I want you to ask this, how can I own what God's doing here? How can it be mine? How can I take it like the disciples did and say, I want to own this and carry it, instead of just attending and listening, right? How can I own what God's doing here? Listen, I'm not trying to build a, a community club, I'm not trying to own people, I feel like my job is to serve whoever God brings. That's my job. 
That's, that's what I feel like our job is, to serve whoever God's bringing. How can you own this? I want you to pray about serving and being in a discipleship group or a community group. If you're not in a community group, it's hard to have people know you. It's really hard. And third, I want you to pray about giving to our church. I want you to pray about supporting. I'd love to see these guys come on full-time. I'd love to not stress about it. I'd love for people to not be overworked. That helps. Does that make sense? That helps us, um, especially going into community transformation where the church will get a little busier. We'll need people. So, Father, we thank you that you've taken care of our every need already. Even if no one gives more money ever, I love you, and I'm thankful for everything. Even if no one else joins our church, I love you, and I'm thankful for everything. This has been a joy. I don't sense that or see that. I know that you're doing more. So we partner with you today, Jesus, and we say, lead us. Help us to own this, God. Help us to own this and love the people well. And help us to see who you are going to gather to our body. There are people, I'm just going to speak this over you, that God is already bringing into your life for you to be Jesus to. And it might not end with them being here with us, but it could end with them being in community with you. Jesus, give us eyes to see spiritually those who are brokenhearted, those who are poor in spirit, those who are thirsty and don't even know how to talk about it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.